This is The Politics of Everything, and I'm your host, Amber Danes. Welcome to the podcast where we want to discuss the politics of everything, from money to motherhood, nutrition to narcissism, startups to secularism, the environment to equality, and much more. Our guests are experts in their field or topic of choice, even if you've not yet heard their name. This is a bipartisan podcast, so while we love exploring varied views and get a buzz from a healthy debate, by no means is this a one-sided forum for any one political view. So please listen up and enjoy the politics of everything. Hello and welcome to the politics of everything. Today the topic is networking and networking has mixed connotations for so many of us. Images of frenzied business card swap fests over cheap wine and a room filled with faces that we don't know is hardly enticing for many. However, networking can also be fun, meaningful and life-changing. I know that from my own experience. Today, my guest is Fiona Craig, a former lawyer and recruitment consultant turned business coach and the founder of Smart Women Connect, indeed an Australian networking group for female business folks like me. I'm keen to get her secrets on how we can work that room with confidence as we discuss the politics of networking. Hello, Fiona. Hello, Amber. Well, so tell us a little bit about yourself and your early legal and corporate career. So I, I'm Scottish, as you might gather from my accent, and I qualified, qualified as a lawyer in Scotland. I worked there for about three or four years, then I moved out to Sydney and worked with a, a big corporate firm here very quickly realized that it really wasn't for me, the, the late nights, the drafting documents, the, the detail-oriented work around law really wasn't my strong point. And I'd always been really people-focused. And so when I decide, decided to leave law, I ended up in recruitment, which I did for about 10 years. And that was fantastic, um, recruiting lawyers, uh, legal professionals all over the world. That was a, a really wonderful career for 10 years. Great. And so do you think you were always confident and able to meet new people with enthusiasm and gusto or was it something that you learned over time? I have a I have a theory that I learned it through primary school because my the headmaster of the primary school was very into musicals and he played piano, he was he was a singer and so we were encouraged. I was on stage from about age seven or eight and I had lead roles from about age nine or ten. Now, I wasn't a particularly great singer and at that stage I would never have said that that I was confident. I was the I'm the youngest of five children, the only girl. I'm very close to my mum. And growing up, mum mum tells me that growing up until about the age of eight or nine, I used to hide behind her and was very shy and underconfident. I really believe that being forced almost onto stage actually gave me a lot of confidence. And you know, I think it's a it's a skill to be able to stand up in front of people and not feel you, know, you always feel nervous, but to 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 understand that that you actually have something to to give and and a gift to share. And so I think I've I've been confident probably since my earliest school days. And but I never really thought about networking until I started work. I just used to look at it as I enjoyed meeting people. I always enjoyed meeting new people. And I think that's the key to it in some ways. And I I know that, you know, when I started my corporate career in the 1990s as well, it was a vastly different landscape to what we have today. I mean, there was no social media. Internet was kind of really in its early days. And so connections were only about face-to-face. Yes. 
How do you think we need to embrace it differently to perhaps we used to, or do we have to do both? I think I think that the internet has opened up vast opportunities. I think back to when I started my legal career. We didn't. I started in ninety uh, four. I think it was ninety three, ninety four, and it was about two years into my legal training contract where we actually got desktop computers. We didn't have any when I started. So you, you absolutely, it was the phone an addictive phone and going into people's offices. There was no such thing as email in our office at that point. And when we did get uh, desktop computers, we were only allowed to use them for internal communications because everyone was scared, all the, the partners were scared that someone was going to sue us if we sent a document out by mistake or something. And so we used to use it to, as trainee lawyers and young lawyers, we used it to organize Friday night drinks. So we essentially used it to organize our networking, um, our internal networking events at that time. So I think that you know, with, the, with the rise of the internet and particularly social media in the last 10 years, I mean, LinkedIn has been amazing for my business. It's, I basically have built my profile and my business through LinkedIn. Online is, I think, for many people, the cornerstone of how they in some ways get their confidence too because you have time. You can create blogs. You can engage with people all from the safety of your own desk or your smartphone. So I think for some people they find that easier in some ways, which is interesting. Yes, but the the reason that I started, I completely agree, and I think it has opened up incredible opportunities um, in terms of the type of people that we can get access to that we probably couldn't have got access to a number of years ago. But the reason that I started, one of the reasons I started Smart Women Connect is having coached professional women, particularly women working in corporate and professional services environments for the last eight years, I could see that they had a fear around real networking, around making connections and actually making proper business connections that they could then um, nurture into business relationships and into work, bringing work in. And, and they were hiding behind their computer a bit too much, not just with networking, but, but generally just working all the time and not concentrating on building their network. And, and so I decided that's why I started Smart Women Connect. So one of our taglines is bringing the human connection back to business, because I really believe that at the end of the day, you can meet people online, but the relationship is always stronger when you take it offline. Oh, totally. I absolutely agree. It's interesting you say that. I, I've found a study the other day from 2016. It was of 3,000 people, and it was led by a US-based CEO called Lou Adler, and he's one of my online connections. But it showed that 85% of jobs were filled through networking and existing connections in that 3,000 people that he surveyed. Yep. So having been a recruiter, how do you think the recruitment world has changed or has it always been the case where you could find people, add them to your network, but perhaps it just wasn't in that in that online capacity? What what are sort of the nuances now with recruitment? Yeah, I think it was a lot. I think it was a lot harder. I mean, re- recruitment uh, recruiters are scrambling or have been scrambling the last few years to keep up with the changes that have happened because of social media. Um, now, a lot of organisations are, are, are hiring internal recruitment teams and doing a lot of the recruitment themselves rather than using agencies because it's a lot easier for them to find people and to create a pool of talent through social media. Um, I, 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 I've used similar statistics. I haven't heard one as high as 85. I, I, usually what I hear is about 70 to 75% of jobs are never advertised. And, you know, they either go through, they go through to someone who's already in the organisation or through a network. 
it's it's something when when I'm doing career coaching with women it's a big part of of my job search strategy for them is is really looking at who's who's in your network who can who are your connectors first of all so who are the people in your network who just know people and who are willing to connect and actually don't know how to do anything else but connect and how can you actually leverage the people that are already there within your network, both in a physical sense and to, to create new online connections as well. So I think it has, I think that internet and social media has opened up opportunities for people because we can connect with people that we don't necessarily know or that are two or three degrees um, separation from us. That opens up um, different opportunities within other organisations that we might not have had, had access to previously. Absolutely. So personally, do you enjoy networking? I know it's your livelihood, but, you know, what makes it so appealing for you personally? There must be times where, you know, you're not feeling that sort of upbeat or you've sort of got other things happening in your life. How do you get into that networking mindset personally? I I love hearing people's stories, Amber. I've always been fascinated by why people, not just what people do, but why they do what they do. So, um, one of the first questions I always ask someone when I've worked, when we find out what they do is, oh, how did you how did you end up doing that? How did you get into that? Why did you do that? I'm just always been fascinated with why people do what they do. So I look at, at networking. I haven't looked at, at networking as business building, I suppose, for quite some time now. Because when I did approach it like that, I remember when I started my own business and coaching business. And I'd go along to quite a few networking events. I was part of, um, you know, a weekly networking group as well. And and I remember not getting very much out of it in term, terms of business. And I look back at that and I think now it's because I was approaching it from the angle that I was looking for business. So now what I encourage my clients to do and what we encourage through Smart Women Connect and what I do is I just I just concentrate on connecting with people, have a conversation with them. Talk about work. Yes, talk about business. I'm all about getting women, particularly women, talking more about business. But they're a human being at the end of the day. Ask them questions, ask their stories, share stories, share a bit of yourself and they'll share back. And sometimes you click and you you, meet, you know, you have this real click with someone. It's happened to me a couple of times recently where we're like best friends after one breakfast. We've just got this real connection um, and then other times you might not click and you might not see that person again. But I, I look at every conversation that you have is, is valuable or potentially valuable. And I think it's often about not even if they're the right sort of connection for you, but they might know people in their network who need what you do or they might, yeah. you know, they might facilitate some other opportunity. Obviously, networking is about the personal and the professional, but I often find by being open, not judging, not thinking, okay, this person doesn't, you know, they're not in the same industry as, as me or they don't need my services or we don't have that rapport, as you said. But you never know where that's going to lead. So I'm always very open to meeting new people for that reason. And I always say, Amber, you never know who they know. That's it. That's the exact point. Yeah. So you've said far more succinctly than me. <laughs> so we have touched on social media and it is a business game changer for many small business owners like yourself and myself. Mm. And we can now connect with people obviously faster. I have lots of contacts all over the world, um, in the US, in Asia, wherever it might be. But it sounds like it's not enough. When you're needing to be, you know, networking, to if you do want to grow your business or your personal brand, you say you have to take it offline. How do you balance that out? Is there some sort of, you know, gamification of this that works or is it just about doing a little bit of everything? 
Um, I think it's about doing a little bit of everything. I think that, that social media is a great place to start. And, you know, again, it's a big part of my networking strategy. And, my- and on that, you've mentioned LinkedIn. What else do you use, by the way? Um, I, I have mainly used LinkedIn. I know some people who have been very successful creating networks through Twitter. I, I personally haven't. I, I don't have enough time to use everything. I've used Facebook a little bit, but it's still, I think Facebook's still in transition between the personal and the business to a certain degree, um, but it's becoming much more business focused. And I think it depends what you, who your clientele are. My, my market, my, the professional women that I work with are all on LinkedIn. And so it's just made sense for me to concentrate my efforts on, on that platform. And it's been incredibly successful. For me. How many people are in your LinkedIn network? Do you even know? Yes. Yeah, I have uh, oh, 6,336 at this moment. That is impressive. That is impressive. Um, she knows. I've got, I, you, you get to the point. There's a, there's, a, there's a tipping point with LinkedIn where you get over the 500 connections, and particularly when you get over 1,000 connections, people start to find you because they're seeing you through their networks they're seeing you post through people liking or commenting or um you know being connected to you and you start getting connection requests so i very rarely now go out and actively connect with people unless it's people that i've met or there's someone specific that i want to get in front of through linkedin now most of my linkedin is quite reactive in terms of people building connections it's mainly people connecting with me so there's a there's a shift there once you get to a certain level it's that critical mass, isn't yeah. it? And I think, like you say, it's a bit of I've always found personally in a lot of the people that I've coached in the communication space, people won't read everything that you yeah. posted perhaps on LinkedIn or whatever forum you use, but, you know, it's about an overall success rate. So they might read one in three of your blogs or there might be some particular article that resonates and then they share and like it and that's mm-hmm. kind of that consistency and that persistence mm-hmm. are the two things I think that work well on social media. So in terms of offline connecting, you need to do that as well. Is there any examples when that's worked so well for you? Like are there any game-changing stories or moments where the networking space has suddenly made sense to you and, you know, it might be a lucrative piece of business, it might be meeting a future um, person that might come into your business and work with you. What's What's been like something that tangible that listeners can go, okay, this is going to motivate me to want to give it a go as well? So, so I've, got, I've got a story which is quite a recent story of someone who I – actually reach out, reached out to. So we were connected. She's general counsel of a large company. We were connected via LinkedIn, but I didn't know her. I'd never met her, um, didn't even really know anyone who knew her. But she has quite a high, she has a very high profile, in fact. And I was really impressed with how she'd built her profile. A lot of the work that I do with women is helping them build their profile and their personal brand and um, work with a lot of women in the legal space. And so I reached out to, to Claire and I emailed her via LinkedIn and I said, hey, Claire, my name's Fiona. I've been stalking you for a little bit, a bit, bit of time now on LinkedIn, following what you do. I'm really impressed with the way that you've built your profile and your brand. I help other professional women do that. I'd love to have a coffee with you and find out more about how you did that and see if there's something that we can perhaps do together to share your story and, and help inspire other women. So that, that led to her emailing me back saying, hey, Fiona, I've been stalking you too. We had breakfast. So we had breakfast. At, at that breakfast, we just she was one of the people I'm talking about. We just really clicked. She's an awesome human being. We just really clicked. And by the end of that breakfast, she'd written down a bunch of connections. So she's a natural connector. And she put me in touch with, she went back to her desk, said, send me something about Smart Women Connect. I'll send it out to, to some people, some um, uh, senior women, senior legal women in my network. 
I got back to my desk, sent her the, the information. By the end of that day, I had 10 really senior connections within law. Um, uh, two, three, I think now four of those connections have resulted in work, um, uh, whether that's or, or you know something like a breakfast being hosted or running workshops for them or coaching, just incredible connections. We then subsequently had lunch again. We, we now meet quite regularly and we're quite good friends. By the end of the second lunch, I think I had up to about 30 people that she had connected me with and she just keeps going. It's just the tip of the iceberg. Absolute game changer for me for Smart Women Connect has taken me and and the the not just the business to a whole level, but the the type of women that are coming on board and joining. She's a member now as well. It's taken it to a whole new level, Amber. I can't quite describe it. That's incredible. I'm yeah. just getting goosebumps hearing that yeah, story because yeah. I know it's that feeling sort of really validates you. And if you hadn't reached out to her online, this would this wouldn't have happened. And then you obviously took it offline and you had a connection, but yeah. she also saw the value in what you were doing. Exactly. So I think it's about that mutual respect as well. I think that's the thing with networking. It's not about what can I get just from you, but you're obviously offering something she sees as valuable for her connections and her senior women yes. that have now come into into yep. the fold. Yep, that's exactly right. So just phenomenal story and a little bit of, you know, I, I, I've got, I, I don't really have much um, in the way of shame anymore. I just say I've got no shame. I'll get in touch with anyone um, pretty much. And But I really, you know, that really positive story of just reach out. You never know what might come out of it. Interesting. I love it. So some advice for newbies to the networking game, if you like. Yes. So how do people manage nerves and make the most out of those offline opportunities? I think online is one thing that we can all yes. sort of look at other people and work that out quite easily. But you know, when you walk into that room and you are meeting new people or you've been someone's plus one and you don't really know what, you know, what to expect, how do you actually manage those initial nerves and, and how do you get over yourself, if you like? Yeah, I've had a lot of nervous networkers. There's one um, one of our members at the moment who is now actually has gone from being probably one of my most nervous networkers to one of my pro networkers. She's fantastic. And she's done it in her own way. She's quite um, introverted, quite shy. It's been just so rewarding watching her grow through the group. And I think a couple of keys, find, try and find a safe environment. If you're getting started, and that's one of the things we love about smart women, it's a safe, warm environment where you know you're not going to be judged. The women are all there for the same reason. They're really friendly. Try and find an environment like that that's not going to be too daunting to start with because it's just about getting yourself out there and actually practicing having conversations with people and engaging with people. So the, the better the environment or the safer you feel in that environment, the more likely you are to put yourself out there a, a, a bit more, if that makes sense. So sort of start slowly. So just remember that uh, networking doesn't have to be all about big groups. If you are a bit of a nervous networker or um, slightly more introverted, then you can start with smaller groups or even start with one-on-one. -on -one. You know, coffee with someone is, is as good networking as being in a big group of people. Do what suits you and your personality, but then um, be mindful of pushing yourself beyond your comfort zone as well because that's how we grow best. Absolutely. So often you meet tricky or awkward people and those people that you don't have the rapport with. How do you deal with that? I mean, we're not going to be, you know, best friends with everyone. We're not going to get on with everyone. How, how, is there any courtesies around how to manage that? Uh, yeah, I think, um, I think it's to be respectful. So I'm always respectful of someone's time. So whether I'm bored senseless <laughs> or just feel I've got nothing in common with that person, I will always give them a bit of my time and my respect. You know, I'll, I'll maintain eye contact. I'll, I'll actively listen to what they're saying. 
But then I, I, I'm I, I'm at a stage now where I don't have a lot of time to waste, Amber. You know, if you're running your own business, you don't really have a lot of time to waste. I'm pretty direct. I won't say you're boring me senseless, but I, I will say something along the lines of, you know, it's been so good to speak to you. I really enjoyed hearing about your background. Um, probably like you, um, I'm here to meet a few people today or tonight. So really great speaking to you. I'm just going to, to go off and mingle a bit more. Hope to see you a bit later in the day or something like that. Um, or another tip and technique that I use and teach people is take the person with you. So say, ah, oh, you know, there's a group of people over there. There's someone there I'd like to meet. Would you like to come with me? And we'll go introduce ourselves to that group. Take them, introduce them to the group and then make your exit. <laughs> No, I think that's great. Bit of tact, but a little bit of directness yeah, doesn't yeah. Go, doesn't go astray. And I think often yeah. people are feeling it as well. I don't think it's a one way thing. No. If you don't have that connection or that's conversation, has just gone stilted or it's gone awkward. And you both know. So I think we're all yeah. adults, and we should be able to uh, be a little bit honest as well. Absolutely. So the Smart Women Connect. How do you differentiate yourself from other sort of female networking groups out there? I mean, I know I've been to your events. I'm a member, and I understand the premise of it. But for people who don't get it, yes, um, it's obviously female focused, but what makes it different? Um, I think there's a couple of things. One, in terms of where we sit in the, the market, I could, when I started, I, I knew and I could see, and I was part of some groups which were for female founders or female entrepreneurs. There's quite a lot of networking groups out there for that. There's a reasonable number of networking groups for senior executive women once they get to the sort of C-suite level. Um, but there wasn't really much in the way of real uh, connecting community style groups for corporate women. So I had worked with corporate and professional services all my career. And uh, the women kept saying, I don't know where to go or we don't have events for us. And, and I think that's where I'm differentiating myself in terms of the market. So it's very much aimed and perfect for women who are working in corporate or like you, Amber, who actually work with corporate. So if you're running your own business and it's corporate clients that you're looking for or it's corporate people that you're in front of, so long as the women coming in, understand the corporate environment and they've worked with or do work with corporate in some way, then that's really where our sort of market sits, if that makes sense. Your um, sweet spot. Yeah, no, it totally yeah. makes sense. Yeah. And do you have a critical number that you'd like to grow it to or is it sort of not about that? Uh, look, it's, it's not about that. So the big part of it for me is a couple of things. One is uh, we our events are really, and I think you would testify to this, our events are really lively. So our, our signature event is a breakfast, smart breakfast, which is a combination of learning through a, a, a great keynote speaker. But I make time, make sure the women have time for connecting and facilitate the networking. We have music going. They're really fun. You know, I kept, I've seen, I've been to so many events where you see people's eyes just glaze over and they can't wait to get out of there to get back to work. By the end of our breakfast at 9am, we have to kick people out of the breakfast at 9.30 because there's still a, a, a huge cohort of them standing around chatting and getting to know each other because they've made some really, really good connections. So I think that's one area we're really differentiating ourselves um, as well. And you what? sorry, I forgot the question. You asked a question. Oh, just the that. idea of, you know, what makes you different and what, yeah. what are people, you know, do you have a critical number? Is it about oh, sort of, you know, how many critical. members you got now? Is it about being global? I mean, what's your sort of yeah. vision for smart uh, women? No, my vision isn't, my vision isn't global. So, so as I said earlier, the, one of the strap lines is bringing the human connection back to business. I pride myself on the fact that I know every single member. We talk to every single member. You can't just join. It's membership-based. You have to speak to either um, myself or Amanda who works with me. 
And, you know, we, we make a decision as to whether that person is right for the, the group and whether the group is right for them. I would like to continue to manage to have that sort of ethos because I think so far what we're seeing is a very high quality of, of women um, with different backgrounds, but who are all in it for the same reasons. It's not, there's, not, there's not people there just to take, take, take. Everyone's there to give and take. And that's really vitally important to me that the integrity of the community stays, um, stays really strong. So that might limit it in terms of numbers. I'm okay with that. I'm all right with that because for me, it's about the quality of the connections that people are making. And one of the differentiating factors at the moment is um, I can have a conversation with you, Amber, and sit down with a list of the members in front of me and say, right, Amber, you should go and connect with X, Y, and Z people because I know them and I know their business and I know that they'd be good connections for you. And I think that's a really valuable element that we, um, that we bring to Smart Women Connect that a lot of bigger groups probably don't have. No, no, I think that's absolutely true. A bit of a gendered question here. Obviously, Smart Women Connect by the title and what you've shared is all for women. In your experience, do men and women network differently and how how is that so? And beyond that, what can we learn from each other? I mean, I think it's about, you know, we live in a co-ed world, so yeah. the reality is we do business with both men and women, generally speaking. Yeah. What, what do you notice about the differences between the way men and women network? I've, I've had a lot of people ask me, you know, why, why is it Smart Women Connect? Why is it not mixed? And my experience is that there are conversations that women will have in a room that's full of women that they won't have if men are in the room, whether you're talking about a training room or a networking room or a breakfast, there's an openness and there's a willingness to share some of the challenges. Um, and don't, you know, don't get me wrong, Smart Women, Smart Women Connect, as you know, Amber, is definitely not a whinge fest. It's incredibly positive. Um, but there are challenges that, that women face in business and continue to face in business. And I think bringing them together allows them to share those challenges without feeling that they're being either judged or having to, to, to temper or um, in some ways um, you know, not, not say what they're really thinking. Do I think men and women network differently? I think it's a very, in- I don't think it's necessarily a gender thing. I think it's an individual thing. I think some people just are good at meeting people, are good at building rapport, whether that's male or female. Um, I wouldn't, I'm not going to go out there and say, I think men and women are, are different or better. I get a lot of women saying to me that they believe that men network better. I don't necessarily believe that they do. I think that what they do do though, is they just accept that it's an innate part of their business life and that they not only should they be doing it, but they just accept that it's part of what they have to do. Whereas I think for a lot of women, they're still what are in what I call the wombat phase, which is head down, bum up, working really hard, but not focusing on having a strategic network around them. So I think men, if anything, might be a bit more strategic in terms of who they surround themselves with, with within their network. I think that's great, and I think that's really true. And I must I must admit, when I do see men networking, I, I think it's it's some of the things that I've learned anyway from the men. Is I've been doing it often longer. A lot of women, you know, it's quite a new thing. If they might have taken time out of their career for caring responsibilities, or they just might have been in a corporate for a long time where they haven't really thought, like you say, about looking up and seeing who's out there. But men will just do it. They'll often chat about their hobbies and their golf and sport. I mean, I'm being very cliche here, but it does build rapport beyond what's happening maybe in that in that boardroom or you know what's happening in the business and I think human connection no matter who you are is still really really important yeah, so absolutely. I think that's great advice so I always ask my guests two final questions and one the first one is 
do you have any special mentors and they may not be famous people at all or inspirational people that have guided you? And if so, what have they taught you about success, business and life? Mm. Um, there's a few people. One I would say is my mum. I love my mum, but she, I didn't come from a professional family. I'm from a very working class background, uh, but quite entrepreneurial. entrepreneurial. My dad and my mum started a business, a trucking business. So I am the daughter of a truck driver. Um, My brothers have gone on to run that business. And one of my other brothers runs an incredibly successful demolition business. And they all live still within a mile radius of where we grew up. I'm still the only one to, to never mind, leave, you know, leave Scotland, but leave the hometown. Mum, uh, mum inspired me because uh, she raised a family of five. They didn't have a lot of money. Everything went into the business. And yet we never wanted for anything. She never complained. She worked really hard and instilled a really strong, both mum and dad have, in strong, have instilled a really strong work ethic in me. But also, uh, I guess, a business ethic in the sense that I never questioned whether I could have my own business or not because I'd grown up with mum and dad doing it. And so it was always really easy for me to think, well, mum and dad are not my brothers run their own business. Why wouldn't I? It just didn't even cross my mind. So I, and I continue to be inspired by my mum. She's 75. She was out here um, last school holidays and I loved spending time with her. I just continue to be inspired by her strength and her continued love and support for all of us, all of the family. Just to, uh, That's incredible. So just to wrap up, what are some tips, if any, one, two or three top tips that you have for listeners to, who want to navigate the politics of networking? What would be your final pearls of wisdom for them? Find your connectors. So find the clairs, like I talked about. Find people like that. You will have people like that in your network already. You just might not be aware of who they are. They are absolutely invaluable. They are gold um, in terms of your network. That would be my first tip. Second tip is definitely find uh, a a group of women I call smart women, my clan, Um, being Scottish, but find your tribe, find your clan, find your your people. You'll know when you click, you'll know when you you fit. And it's really important that that you feel that. And my third point is, please just look at it as meeting people and listening to people's stories. Be willing to share your story, be willing to understand and hear other people's stories. And I really believe that if you do that, then the rest of it will follow the relationship, the business relationship, the work, the money, et cetera, et cetera. I believe that all of that will flow. That's fantastic advice. It's been a pleasure to have you today on the program. If you want to connect further with Fiona, because that's the theme we're in, um, there'll be some details of her various uh, connections, her website, her LinkedIn profile and so forth on our show notes. You've been listening to The Politics of Everything. Until next time, take care. Thanks for listening today. If you've enjoyed the politics of everything, we thrive on feedback. So please add a short review and share the podcast with your network, your friends and family. I'm also always on the hunt for fabulous new guests. So if you've got a view to share and an idea how to get our listeners excited, please email me at amber at bespokecoms, that's B-E-S-P-O-K-E-C-O-M-M-S dot com dot A-U and we'll be sure to get back to you. Until next time.